with those hands lifted to God it's our posture of surrender and expectation from you and we thank you Lord this is your time for us this is our time for you let your word have place in our hearts in Jesus name all God's people said amen let those hands fall around somebody that's near you okay let those arms fall on somebody that's near you said amen this is such an unusual season it is first fruit season you should clap for that because <laughs> it really is amazing I, I got news today I got news today just in fact while I've been here this morning that uh, that God is posturing to do the most incredible move over the lives of his people financially. Uh, and, and I want you to praise him. This particular person was sharing with me the opportunity that God is putting in front of him. And some of you are in that same condition. You see it. You've not apprehended it yet, but you see it. And if that is you or somebody like you or you want that, clap your hands to the Lord. It's the Lord, you promised to promise now, Lord. I think, I believe it's your time to deliver. I thank you, Jesus. It's, a, it's, a, it's an unusual situation to, for God to promise you something and you to see it at a distance and not have the power to app apprehend it yet. Or even when God says, this is what I want you to do in order for you to come into or to lay hold of what I've placed before you. This short story I want to share with you this morning is that exact situation. Because God had promised for years. I, I, we, we, we've just been walking through the narrative of Joseph and how God bought him and saved all of his people. And all of them now have been in Egypt now for 100 years changing from the, the, mo the most highly favored to the most disdained. And God is delivering them. And he brings him out of Egypt. But being out of Egypt was not the complete plan that God had for them. No more than just delivering you from sin is the complete plan of God for your life. Too much of the body of Christ is simply celebrating their exit or their release or escape from sin. Well, thank you, Jesus, but he has so much more than just your escape. Tap your name and say, he doesn't want you just to escape. Tell him, he doesn't want you just to escape. He wants you to apprehend what he's always promised. And they have now, this people, come to the precipice. They have crossed the Jordan. They are in the land and, and, and God promised them the whole land. But they've come to the first battle. By the way, just because God promised it to you doesn't mean you, got, you don't have to fight for it. Just because God promised it to you doesn't mean you, got, you don't have to fight for it. A promise of God about what he wants you to have or walk in or to receive is not carte blanche. You, God will, this may change the way you've been thinking about God. When God promises you something, that there's something, it still may have to be conquered, believed on, fought for, stood on until it happens. Promises are not automatic because most of them are conditional. His people are standing in this place now, 
Joshua is now the leader. You know the story. Joshua's the leader. It's his first duty, assignment. His leader is past Moses, and it's all in his hands. And like any of us who've ever stepped into a promotion, where the authority rests upon us and the assignment is upon us or you, and you've not been there before, everybody's looking at you, wondering what you're going to do. Curious. Anybody here been in that position where God promoted you, gave you more authority, and uh, everybody's looking at you, wondering what you're going to do? Raise your hand if I'm talking to you. And you leave it up and then kind of wave it, that, please, and look around, saints, and see that this is not frivolous today. This is right in there. Everybody looking at Joshua, what you going to do, man? Because our whole future is dependent upon your decisions. So he does what what, what wise people who've been promoted and given authority, what wise people do. Well, what they do is they get alone and they, uh, they, get, uh, they get alone and they, they get before God. I'd like to suggest to those of you that have stepped into that place where now it all depends on you, that you learn it's not about your prowess, it's not about your strength, it's not about your smart, uh, thank God you're smart, Thank God you, you're good looking. Thank you. Tell your neighbor you, you look good. Tell them you look good. You look good, you know. You smell good, I hope. Amen. Praise God. Uh, you, you're, you're in the right place at the right time. But if you're going to succeed, it's going to be based on who you believe in, who you listen to. And Joshua's alone, and he's that in that place where leadership survives or fails alone. Now he's contemplating. He's thinking, we got a million people out here plus. The whole nation is dependent on what I do. So he's by himself. If you've never heard this story, you go to the book of Joshua, you can find it there. When Joshua, God in the first chapter gives Joshua all these assignments and commands. Tells him what is going to be the key for his success. I'd like to suggest to you, church, that if you want to learn how to succeed in the place God has given you, you may want to check out the first chapter of Joshua and read what God specifically says to him. It's amazing to me that God would tell him the formula for his success. Many of you know this already, but I wonder if it's your lifestyle. So don't let this word depart from your eyes. Meditate on it day, come on, come on, and night. Be careful to do everything I tell you. You will succeed, but only at my instruction. Don't listen to me one time. Listen to me every time. Listen to me all the time. And do what I say. Lord, have mercy. Those of you that have been afraid to take the promotion, I'm talking to you. You've been afraid to take the promotion because internally you sense that that, that higher level of, of, of responsibility is going to require another form of discipline for you. So you don't take it. By the way, some of you want to be promoted and you've forgotten that when God promotes you, if it's in the same job or in the same department, all those who are your friends are going to become, in a sense, your enemies. They will look at you different. And I'm saying to you that if God would be so gracious to put you in that position, that you man up and don't punk out and go ahead and receive it. Because all promotions that are from God are for influence for his kingdom. Let me try, try that again. All promotions that are from God are for the increase of his kingdom. So maybe you've got to get some stuff together. Joshua is there. He's there. So I can see him pacing back and forth saying, Lord, you know, I know what my assignment is. We're about to go in, but I need you to tell me what to do. I don't know what 
to do. Um, he's, not being, he's not assuming. He's not trying to copy in that sense uh, his predecessor, Moses. But he knows he's got to have that personal. He knows that his predecessor, Moses, had that one thing that all leaders have to have, and that is that tender, private, transparent relationship with the Creator, with God. In case you didn't know it, God wants your success. Would you please whisper that to your friend? God wants your success. Because your success is his success. See, when, God, when you get promoted, uh, uh, God gets promoted. Because if you follow what God said in that promotion, he gets glorified. Are you, all, are you all there? Unless you're ashamed to talk about where your promotion comes from. So, I'll try to speed this along. So Joshua's pacing back and forth, and he, he's, he's anticipating this confrontation. He's, he, he's, he's about to have a critical conversation. So he says, he sees a, all of a sudden, he sees a guy who's dressed, uh, uh, a soldier, a soldier, and Joshua, he doesn't recognize the colors. He doesn't recognize the style. He said, hey, uh, first of all, just think about this. Joshua is now general. You understand what I'm saying? So, so what you're doing up here with the general? What you, what you doing up here with the general? There ain't nobody else around. Are you for us or are you for them? I suspect, this is my conjecture, that Joshua said, are you for us? Are you for them? <laughs> and the answer is no. <laughs> None of y'all. <laughs> what? Well, I'm the captain of the Lord of hosts. Joshua does something that I think many of us are now having to learn to do again. When, he, when it's revealed to him who this person is, he is on his face. Because he realizes that God, God, he stands before God. And he realizes he can't do nothing without him. Not good English, but he can't do nothing without him. And he's before space, and he, he, now he's having a conversation with the creator. His whole success is predicated on this relationship right there. Can I say that to you? That are you those of you looking at me? Your success is predicated on the relationship between you and him. Not you and your superior. Not you and circumstance. Not you and your color. Not you and your wokeism. Not you and you're trying to conform to every dad gum thing. Your success is based on your relationship with God Almighty. For promotion doesn't come, come on, from the east nor the west. Where does it come from, Lord? It comes from the Lord. When Joshua gets his instructions, he's on his feet. I was looking for this. I had been looking for it. I have not been able to find it. I've searched the commentaries, the concordances, and the historical books, and I have not been able to find it. Please, if you find it, would you please inform me so I will not be ignorant before the whole world on social media. I never found, I didn't find anywhere in the scripture where God told Joshua that this first city that you're about to conquer is a first fruit. I really wish you could find it because I've been looking for it. I will sincerely repent. Because I was writing the book and I'm looking for it and I can't find it. So, that's the craziest thing, isn't it? So Joshua, he approaches Jericho, which is 
the biggest, the baddest, the most fortified. By the way, the walls of Jericho were so wide, you could drive chariots both ways on top of the walls. They had an incredible army. They had the up-to-date weaponry. They had everything it would take, not only to defend that city, but to oppose any opposition. But when God's ready for you to be promoted and God's ready for you to go forward, what he will do, he will scare the hell out your enemies. Look at somebody say, God wants to scare the hell out your enemies. Because they were all hiding. And the Bible says Jericho was shut up tight. They done closed all the doors. They done put the five latches in the board and the, and the, and the, and the steel boats and the, and the, and the cross bars on the, they done shut up everything and then closed all the windows and then closed all the doors. They got everybody ready. Oh, we ready because they are scared. I think that many of us have not understood that when we begin to obey God, tell your neighbor, if you just obey God, tell your neighbor, if you would just obey him, he will put your enemies in fear. In fact, I like to suggest that what you're really fighting, what you're really fighting is, is the enemy trying to make you afraid of the enemy. That's one reason why people do not obey God, because they're afraid. And the truth is, <laughs> just the opposite. Your enemy is afraid of what you're about to do. Anybody who decides to obey God to causes the enemy to tremble in fear. Because he knows, he knows what's about to happen when you obey him. So in this first fruit season, I, I came to this. I thought, uh, Tip, I thought I was going to play the deal, but I don't think I will. I think I better just stay right here. I think you're with me. I think. So <laughs> the whole city was shut up tight. The whole city was trembling for what was about to happen because they had heard of these people that obey God. They heard about what they had did on the other side of the Jordan. They heard about what happened, how the whole Jordan River backed up for about 10 miles. Stopped on one side, created a wall, backed up on the other side, and allowed thousands and thousands of people to cross across, not on muddy ground, on dry ground. By the way, anybody see the documentary that they did this forensic study at the bottom of the, uh, of, of, uh, of the Red Sea, I'm, I'm talking about right now, of the Red, anybody see that? Where they discovered the, the they discovered the wagon wheels? Chariot, Chariot wagon wheels. Yeah. Did you hear? That's awesome. The, at, talk to him said, the Bible does not lie. <laughs> By the time they come to the Jordan, he backs it up. They all come across, set up camp. I, I don't know if you know the, the sequence. They set up camp. Once they get on the other side of the Jordan, this company of, of believers who have, wa who have watched their moms and dads fall dead in the desert because they simply did not believe. They were, in the, they were, they were below 10 when they saw all this happen and now they've grown and they, they watched all their parents die out so that that generation could come into what God wanted. It's not that God didn't love those that died. It's not that he didn't care for them. It's just that they wouldn't obey him. They wouldn't believe him. Tap your neighbor and say, are you one of them? Tap your neighbor to ask him, are you one of them? They wouldn't believe him. Now they are that whole generation now has survived. Joshua is twice the age now. He's taken them into the land, and they're about to have their first confrontation. By the way, when God gets you into the position that he wants, get ready for battle. Tell your neighbor, get ready for battle. Oh, my God. So here they go. Joshua is, uh, he gets his instruction and then he gives the people instruction. He says to them, I'll tell you what, he says, in this battle, Jericho, 
I don't want you, I want you to, we're going to celebrate over the victory, but we're not going to consume anything that we get. I, I, we're going to celebrate what our almighty God is able to do, what he has done, but we're not going to consume anything that we inquire, that we capture. And beloved, Jericho was the richest city in all the land. <laughs> oh, excuse me, I'm sorry that you may not get it. They have been slaves, and now they've been nomads in the desert. They have not had brick and mortar. They have not had a stable place to live. They carry their houses on their backs or on their camels or on their, what, their beasts. They've been, moving, they've been moving from place to place. Get up in the morning, it's time to move. They have settled nowhere. They feel like they're going around in circles, but they, they got to keep walking. Can you imagine that? No car to drive, no, no car to drive in their garage. No kitchen to drop the groceries off. No TV to watch. <laughs> no bedroom to lay their heads and no washing machine to wash their clothes. They had to keep it moving. And they're about to take this city that's luscious, fortified, beautifully built, latest technology. Joshua said, we will win this war, but we will not celebrate by taking anything. Because it's only the first one. And Joshua said, don't, don't put, take none of the spoils. Those of you who read the Bible and understand in the story, what was his name? No, the one who took some stuff. Who? Thank you. I know, not, not, and not Aiken. So Aiken looked, Aiken looked around, he said, <laughs> he said, <laughs> hid it in his tent. He yielded to the temptation of the right now gratification. Now, here's what gets me. It was so much more God wanted for him in the future, but he was so immature and, and, and controlled by his flesh that he took, Lord have mercy, right now. So, when Jericho, you, you all remember what happened in Jericho, right? How many times they march around, they march around the city? Everybody in line said, don't say nothing, keep your mouth shut, and march. How many days? On the seventh day, how many times you walk around it? Seven times. Now, they scurred. I mean, they're back like, what they doing? I don't know what they're doing, but every time they get around, can you imagine their fear heightening every revolution? <laughs> On the last day, they just keep marching, and they are shaking. At the end of the seventh time on the seventh day, what did they do? They did what? And what else did they do? They blew their horns and they broke their pitchers. Remember, they broke their pitchers and they blew the horns and they shouted. When I count to three, I want you to shout. And as you shout, I want you to see everything that's opposing your future and opposing your prosperity and opposing your promotion fall down right in front of you. One, two, three! folk behind the walls. Oh, God. The, here, the, theolo, the uh, historians and the theologians say that the ground, that the walls that were so high and so wide literally sunk down into the earth. So what would have been a barrier to them besieging the city was no longer a barrier. Straight in. Look, there was no opposition because God had taken care of the opposition for them. All they had to do was show up and do what he said. And many of us are maybe, maybe thinking we've got to do more. No, when God wants to promote, when God wants to move you forward, 
just be where you're supposed to be. Do what he asks you to do. Joshua said, this city, Jericho, this city is, uh, is, he uses a term, you can find it, under the band, B-A-N-D. B-A-N, excuse me, thank you. B-A-N, under the band. Uh, it's a really, uh, it's a technical term, actually. Uh, the accursed thing. Let me explain. This under the band, the word means this thing that is that is designated is prized to God, but it's poison to you. Praise to God, but it's poison to you. When God has us put something under the band, it, it means that this is no longer for our consumption, but it's for God's glory. Another time he uses this term is in reference to the tithe, the 10%. Some of you who are wrestling about first fruits and 10%, there's a, a serious difference. It's very simple though. A tithe means a tenth. Well, you can't give a tenth until you have 100% of whatever it is. So you have to earn it first, then you can tithe. How do you know what to tithe if you haven't got all of it? You there? So we tithe on what we have made. You all breathing? And, and, and there are promises that come with that tithe. I'm going to rebuke the devourer. I'm going to keep it from being ed up by so many other things. Has any of you ever had a paycheck and before you could get to the bank, it was no more? Has any of you ever spent the whole thing before it ever got to your account? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And one of the reasons for that is because we have not treated that thing right. We've not treated the 90% like we should treat the 90%. So when we give the 10%, uh, you know, we just, it was just consumed. Or we haven't given the 10% in the, I didn't want to, yeah. We haven't given the 10% in the right attitude. Here. All right, I believe God is after the church about this right now. The statistics say that only, I think it's 6% of the body of Christ tithes. Here's what's, here's what's a kicker. What if 90 or 100% of the body of Christ tithes? I wonder what would the finances of the church across America be? Is it possible that we've not been able to fund what we need to fund? Do what we need to do because that money has come under the band. By the way, when you consume what's under the band, it becomes a curse to you. Isn't that, interesting? Isn't, that, isn't that awesome? So Joshua said, don't take any of this. Because it's not a tithe here. Because a, a difference is, a tithe, you have to make it before you can tithe on it. Where a first fruit is very different. A first fruit is take what you've already acquired and take the first of it and the best of it and surrender it to the Lord in anticipation of the rest showing up. Somebody said, well, nah, nah, Jericho, was a, it was a tithe. It was a tithe, bitch, it was a tithe. Okay, okay. So if it was a tithe, as you say, that meant there only could be 10 cities, right? That don't make sense. There were 31 cities. So if Jericho was a tithe, you would have had to conquer all 31 and, 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 and that wouldn't, wouldn't have been enough. It wouldn't even have been enough for me a tithe. But the first one and the best one is what God's after. Because the first one and the best one, you know, it got your heart. Because Achan said, ooh-wee! Uh, two weeks ago, I told you about, about Cain and Abel. Remember those two? So Cain... Cain said, you know what, he, just, he, he stored everything he needed and then he just took some random fruits. I was looking at, a, an, uh, I was look, I was looking at an additional, uh, uh, the Apocrypha was talking about, in the Apocrypha it's talking about 
uh, Cain and Abel, and basically said he 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 took the 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 uh, he took the the fruit that wasn't the, even the best, brought it into the Lord. Yo, yo, you remember the story, right? Cain, you know, Abel, and this is tradition. Uh, if you gave an offering, you usually would burn it, consume it, and the smoke would go up, and the Lord was saying, I'm well pleased. But if it, <laughs> but the smoke was in your face. <laughs> mm. And the Lord said that, Cain, Cain, why your face toe up? Why your face toe up? Why, why you, if you do well, will it not be accepted? Joshua said, this city, Jericho, is under the ban. God didn't say it. Joshua said it. And, and the principle here is you and I, the Lord's giving us the opportunity to say, okay, Lord, this is my first and most precious rendering to you this year. I call it my first fruit. I put it under the ban. I will not consume it. Gladly will I give it to you because I, 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 I'm tired of a running because it's all right because I see what's coming because it's all right. I'm sorry y'all don't know the song. It's Kurt Franklin. Started to give up. No. One day I tried but your hand wouldn't let me. Now I'm all right. Y'all know the song? Man, find the song, Kenny. Find the song. We'll play it later. They don't, y'all can't jam like we jamming because you don't know the song. Carol and I, uh, Carol and I look at this year. We, we know what's coming. We know what's coming. We know what's coming. Which, which, which frees us up to go, Lord, this is yours. Jericho was under the band. Achan, uh, he didn't have the right attitude. Tap your neighbor and say, God is checking out your attitude. He's looking at your heart. So look at Abel's heart. Abel did something that was uh, amazing. Abel took the firstborn of his flock, the best, no, no, uh, no deformities. Say it again. No blemishes. Lord! I know a whole lot of sheep could come out of this sheep, but I'm surrendering all of them to you. Because God knows what he wants to do with him. Can't okay, say here. Wow. Joshua, I got the whole land to conquer. I've already learned, because the Lord told them before they came out of Egypt. Are you all still breathing with me? I'm, I'm, I'm almost done, actually. Uh, he told them before they came out of Egypt. I want to read this to you, because it's really kind of interesting. And this is, uh, this is Exodus 13. Uh -huh. Now when the Lord brings you into the land of Canaan, into the land of the Canaanite, as he swore to you, and to your fathers and gives it to you, you shall devote to the Lord the first offering of every womb, the first fruit of every beast that you own. The males belong to the Lord. So all you females, by the way, all you females, God is not prejudiced. He's not diminishing your person because he said, I don't want you to give me the females. He said, I want the males for a reason. And those of you that don't know the Bible, you probably are caught up in your wokeism right now, comparing male to female. Which one is best? Have you lost your mind? God is not making, he, God always makes a distinction, but he's not, he's not evaluating one above the other, not at all. He's just simply putting them in their rightful place and function. You, you, got, you got educated by woke folk, woke folk that, that second was, was less. 
actually with God in his kingdom, second gets most protected. Second makes the first count. We're only talking responsibility. We're not talking value. You said, what you say, baby? You preaching on mission? Go ahead to preach it, baby. <laughs> I said, the second gives a spotlight on the first. That's it. The second gives a spotlight on the first. That's right. Because the woman is the glory of the man. Hello, somebody. Somebody need to clap their hand and give him praise. I need that male because he got seed in him. Other males come forth, other females come forth from his seed. And he can't, he can't, if he spills his seed on the ground, it means nothing. Not until his seed is put in a woman that will it multiply. I'm sorry I'm doing this biology lesson for grown folk today. But we live right now in a nation when we can't even define what a woman or a man is let alone understand their value in the face of God. All the males, the first, they belong to me. Listen, God is so adamant about this. That's why he nearly destroyed Egypt, because Pharaoh said, I ain't going to let you go. And he said, he said, he said, make, he said I will not do it. Moses said, Pharaoh, you done messed up right now. I'm leaving. And he leaves. And, and God said, Moses Tell all the children of Israel, tell them, tell them, get a lamb for every house. And if their house is too small for a lamb, get in somebody else's house that got a lamb. I wish I could preset right now, but I don't have time. Don't, don't be left without a lamb. If you got to get in somebody else's company for a lamb, get in their company. But that lamb and that blood in that lamb, put it on the door. And, and when I come and make judgment, I will, I will keep you safe. I will keep you alive. I will deliver you with that lamb. And in Egypt that has no lamb or who has rejected the lamb, the lamb, you can hear women wailing for miles. There has never been, the Bible said, a sound in the earth like that of the women wailing because of the loss of their firstborn. You don't let my son go. Israel, God said, Israel is my firstborn. You don't let her go. I will take your firstborn. That's how powerful the first fruit is to God. So God takes a lamb, physical lamb, who by the way is representative of the lamb of God, who is the father's first fruit for us. None of us would be here had he not sacrificed that lamb. God is not asking you to do what he himself did not do. Are you all breathing here today? And delivered him up for us all. For us all. <laughs> and Joshua says, hey, this, this first city right here, this one right here, this belongs to the Lord. Joshua made the determination, like you and I, we make the determination what the first fruit is. How much it is, is our choice. Man, that's kind of heavy. God said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put the future in your hand by your choice. I'm going to let me be to you what you want me to be by the choice you make. Have mercy, Jesus. Really, Bishop? Yep. I got to close this message out because I got more coming and I want to do them all right now. So I'm going to tell you, what I'm gonna, this is what's amazing about this. Uh, everybody in the city, they heard Joshua's word. They had enough sense to listen to their leader. And they actually, they might have been tempted, but they ain't taking that. I said, man, that sure look good right there. But don't, 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 leave it alone. If, you, if they had a friend, look like they're like they going to reach it, slap their hand. Hey. Obviously Aiken didn't have obviously Aiken didn't have no relationships to tell him, you done lost your mind, boy. You better put that back. So God, he's standing by saying, mm -hmm. This is amazing to me. Out of me, out of at least a million people, God saw that one person. That's amazing to me. So Ai, which is the next city to be conquered, right? Joshua said, man, that was so easy. 
them walls, the earth opened up and the walls fell down. And we rushed in there and whooped them up. Amen. Yes, sir. And, and he said, so the next city, little old bitty AI, oh, that ain't going to take nothing. Hey, just get a portion. Of, hey, let me give you just a, hey, give me, give me, yeah, me 125,000 of the guys. Okay, that's enough. Go in there and take AI. They all went to take AI. AI whooped them so bad. AI whooped the pants off them. They run, Joshua going, God, I'm the leader. He crying. You should read this. He crying on the ground before God. God says, get up off your, <clears throat> and dry your eyes. Get up. Fix your face. He said, there's sin. There's sin. He said, what? He said, there's sin in your camp. It's your camp because I gave it to you. I'm sorry that many of you have not understood this, how powerful it is that God, whatever, Lord, help me. Whatever God assigns to you, he gives you authority over. Your children are your assignment, and God gives you authority over your children. Not the state. Not the educational system. You. Joshua is sin in your camp. Joshua said, oh, Lord, he, not, not, he ain't crying now. Now he's like, oh, no, no, they didn't. And he lines them all up, tribe by tribe, family by family. And he is so diligent, he goes down every single line. Looking. And by the way, because he had authority, when he, when he found it, he'd know it. You have oversight, you have insight. Tell you know, if God gives you oversight, he will give you insight. And so Joshua walking around saying, no, 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 they are right. They could. Oh, they good. It can look like. Or you know how the saints can get sanctimonious when they're guilty? How the saints can get sanctimonious when they're guilty? Man, he said, he said, hey, hey, he said uh, Aiken, give God glory. We just said, give God the glory and shame the devil. What is going on up in here? They, Joshua's team rushed into his tent, turned over everything, found the bag, hidden in his tent, bought the stuff out, and held it up, aching like. Everybody said, clear back. <laughs> Everybody backs up, they back it up, oh shoot. And lo and behold, God whoosh, opens up, swallows him up. I think God did such a drastic thing because he wants you and I to know what he expects of us as his people. God wants you and I to know what he expects of his people and how animate he is. God, it's been the grace of God that the church in America is still alive. With the things we have done and the way we have sabotaged our future, with the things we've neglected and the way we have treated frivolously the things that are important to God, it's amazing, nothing but his grace that we are still here. Because you know God can wipe us out and start another one. Talk to your neighbor. They go, oh, yeah, God. Oh, oh, his will is going to get done. Whether it's with you or me, it's on, it depends on our decision. But God is going to do what he said he's going to do. We, we just get the privilege of being the ones he does it through. Look at your neighbor and say, I want, I want to be the one that God completes his will through. This is a small thing. Almost there. You okay? Oh. Oh. No, he's never been there. That's a technology. Oh, all right. So he can listen to. Where are you at, Chris? Raise your hand, bro. 
Are you back there somewhere? All right, so, so Joshua is, I mean, they, they realize, so, so some preachers preach, that's why it's a tithe, you know? You know, he, you, know you, you take what belongs to God from the tithe and, and you get destroyed. No, 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 no. Because y'all would have been dead a long time ago. So what has, what's been dying is the, it, what's, what's, been, what's been held up is what God has always wanted for us. So we, we end up in this place now where Joshua is, he, he actually repents. All the nation repents. Uh, similarly, in the New Testament, when the unity of the body of Christ was so profound, when, two, when just two people messed with the messed with the promised offering. Are you all there? I've heard preachers say, I want God to bring that back. I don't want him to bring that back because I don't want to I don't want to be frying and frying and frying on the ground. But I, what I want to do is make sure Lord I've done everything you asked me to do. Ananias, how much you sell this property for? And he said it, and he said, boom. I think God maybe was, 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 was a kind and maybe didn't let him suffer. Just came out. All the brothers put him in a sheet, wrapped him up, just carried him out. <laughs> who, got, who was first? Ananias was first. Then who came in next? The wife coming next. He said, uh, how much you sell the property for? She wasn't gonna be. She wasn't gonna be opposite of her husband. So she told. She said what it was. I was like, shoo, boom. He put in the sheet, loaded him up, and carried out. You should read the next verses. And then God added to the church. So I'm, I'm saying this today because I do believe we have come to a juncture where God is seriously bringing unity to the word of God conformity to the word of God making the church a family again and a household again instead of a place where you go or a meeting you have church is no longer just a traditional meeting he's already working that now the revival has already started, but it's only where there's sincerity and honesty and humility and brokenness and selflessness. In this first fruit season, we have an opportunity to step into that. So God is so good. He's so good to us. He, he, he allows us to understand. By the way, Four different kinds of giving. Write them down real quick. There's alms, there's, there's tithe, there's offering, and first fruit. I'll do it again. There's alms. You can look it up yourself. There's alms, there's tithe, offering, first fruits. All four has specific purposes. The alms, the giving of alms, this is really awesome. I think this is the way I'll, I'll close this down today. Uh, Alms, I wrote it down because it's that important. Four specific methods of giving. Each of them are unique. Each of them have a pattern and a purpose. They're accompanied with distinct promises from the Lord. Alms are resources given in the face of need. Particularly individual need. This is giving to assist the poor. The poor are looked down upon in every society. Yet God's love for the poor is a major theme throughout the scripture. In ancient times, care for the poor was left to the prosperous, the ones who were generous. There was no government system of social welfare. 
The farmers would sow their field in a rectangular pattern, but they would plow it in a circle. The corners of the rectangle would be left for the poor. The poor would come on the property, be allowed to pick it themselves. So nobody delivered it to them, wrapped and paid and cooked. So the poor could have some semblance of dignity that at least I went out there and I worked and I got it. Why is it that folks are so quiet right now? God has always had regard for the poor. We are the one that came up with the welfare system. We created a monster. Five generations at least now. And now they know nothing else. We enslaved them with welfare and we programmed them with religion. God help us. But God has always been concerned for the poor. Jesus is the poor you always have with you. Alms is specifically out of your personal generosity. When you give an alms, you do not ask God for something back. You don't have to ask him for something back. He already promised you when you give to the poor, you're lending to the Lord. And the Lord will never allow you, he will never owe you nothing back. He will make sure that he blesses you. So I started looking at this differently. I started putting some money in my center so that when the poor when I had an opportunity to give to the poor I had something to give them right then now I don't give to everybody coming to the window because they don't look right hello somebody so I got to use a little discernment hello uh, somebody please help me I got to use a little discernment because if they, they come looking at me again you know if they come with that you know they come you know <laughs> keep it moving keep it moving am, am I talking to y'all here today <laughs> And, and, and I remember, I remember this one occasion, I think it was about two weeks ago, this person came and I, I looked at them, and it, it, one of the ways you know you're supposed to give a, an alm or a, a gift to the poor is compassion rises up inside of you. Sometimes when you look at them, competition rises up. Like you lying out your teeth. Y'all help me, help me somebody. Help me. You gaming. Hello? But there, there are times when compassion comes up and you ought to have something. And, and look, you need to know God Almighty. Tell your neighbor, God was watching you when you did that. He's watching your face when you did it. He's watching how you made them feel when you gave it to them. I was taking my wife because she was going, she's getting a ticket. I mean, she got a ticket, traffic ticket, on my negligence because she was dragged. I didn't put the sticker on the tag. <laughs> and then a woman, and then a woman, you know, it was a female police officer. You know, some female police officers got to prove they got the power. Hello, y'all. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying, right? So she, and she's talking all hey, 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 to, to my wife. And I had an appointment. So I got out of the vehicle near the door of the appointment and went to my appointment and she said oh he's just gonna leave you in the car <laughs> it's my car and she's getting the ticket for my wrong <laughs> I'm leaving <laughs> I, I, I got compassion in my heart because she had to go to court they wouldn't even let her pay it online so I took my wife last week to traffic court my wife has never been to traffic court in her life because she has had some kind of protection. She's never got caught for the way she drives. <laughs> I'm in trouble now, boy. <laughs> Ooh -wee. Protect me, Tiffany, protect me. Anyway, friend, go woo her. Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to face the repercussions. So. <laughs> I know, baby, I know. I know. So I, I'm sitting in the courtroom, and you know, they rough, you know, in the court. Have you ever been in traffic court? Anybody else sit there in traffic court? You're sitting there all day, boy. Woo, sir, you did what? Do you have your, man, they, they like, they don't even play. 
So my wife puts on the dignifiedness and the, walks up there and tells her name and everything. And she said, all right. She said, well, you could pay 200 but we're only going to charge you 50 You know, maybe the, the ticket was so she could get it because if I'd have got it, you know, I'd have been in the problem. I'd have had a problem. Because first, the female was, was a female judge, and she was an African-American female judge. She was hilarious, by the way. But my wife treated it with dignity and paid, paid the $50, and we went right on. And I, I put the sticker on the car. I told you that story for a reason, but I forgot the reason why I told you this story. <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. Alms, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Alms is, alms is a, a type of giving. And while I was trying to find a parking space, I found a parking space, and I tried to figure out the parking meter. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 beep. I got it figured out, and while I'm doing it, here comes an image I see at the corner of my eye coming my way. It was dark. All I knew was dark. Almost like a cloud. And it was shrouded. And it was barefoot. And its presence went before it. And I'm standing there. You know what I'm talking about. And when it, and it was de de deplorable, for real, then that, per that, that presence came to me. And the Lord said, prepare something. And what I had in my pocket weren't small bills. Prepare something. I remember going into my pocket and, uh, and, and because when I, when I first looked, it was deplorable. And when I looked a second time, I, my heart just said, God, what is kind of demonic thing that will come over a person to, to bring yourself to this condition? I'm looking at these bare feet, toenails, Lord, like claws. I remember taking that and, 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 and the person, you know, not even, not even intelligible. And I'm, th I'm looking, I'm thinking, what, what brings you to this? And I, and I, and I, 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 I fold it up so they can't see, and I put it in their hand, and, and kept on moving. And I'm thinking, Lord, Lord, when compassion comes up, give us, give them something. They don't come your way till you got some money anyway. Alms is specific for the poor. We are going to give us as a church more of an opportunity to give alms to the poor. The giving that you do do, you don't even know that you do. And, and my wife and I just said, we're going to bring to you the persons that we have been giving to. That's one category, alms. It's very important because it has a personal from the Lord reward with it. And he is the determiner of what that reward is. Are you there? By the way, the more you make, guess what? Tell your name, the more you make. Come on, complete the sentence. Tithe, you know the tithe, rebukes a devourer covers what you have already made. Are you there? And, and it's an amazing thing. An offering is specific to the situation. In other words, God can create a situation. For example, if, we said, if I said, um, hey, uh, we, we're, oh, that's a good one right there. You see that right there? That, that's deplorable to me. That wall, it's, become, it's, because, it's, it's because of the 50 plus year old it's a, uh, excuse me, it's a 60, almost 70-year-old uh, tile, see, roof. So the water is seep, seeping down there. That's mold right there. So I said, well, we're going to make an offering. So God knows how to reward what, what you give as an offering. Amen? Or whatever we give an offering to. 
Offering can also come into the form of missions. We're going to bring our missionaries to you so you can see either on the screen or personally so you can see what we give. Some of you don't even know that we give to sex trafficking every month. We give to a ministry that's awesome. And I just got an opportunity. Well, last week, a, a, a gentleman came to me and said, Bishop Johnson, I, I, I know your compassion. He said, he said uh, I have a person who's directly in charge of the, of, the, of the fund that will feed whatever ministry that will help in sex trafficking. It appears that we're actually going to be able to get in, into even more of a partnership in, in helping those girls that have been, or those persons who have been subject to sex trafficking. It's an offering. Are you there, saints? Give and it shall be given to you. How? What else? Press good measure. What else? Press down. What else? Shaking together. And what else? Running over. Will, will, what? Will, what? Will God cause men to give into your bosom? That's very real. God's economy is amazing. It is amazing. First fruit, however, is more, I'm going to use the term special than that. Because it projects the future. Our, our time has come to give, and I want you to consider that. This is a heart issue that, in, that affects everything else in your life. It's the way we live. We believe you, Lord. God saw Abel's love and trust, and God was moved with that. Cain showed his lack of love and unbelief in the way he did what he did. Joshua saw his absolute dependency on God and belief that what God said to him, that the whole land would be his, but he had to take it city by city. And the first one, Lord, belong, the best one belongs to you. It wasn't even the final place where Joshua was going to rest his head. But it belongs to you. So when, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you go to First Fruit this year, I want you to do something that's really important. I think we talked about it last or two weeks ago. Would you agree with your husband and your wife, your, your wife or your husband? Agree together. We're shaping our year. We're shaping our future. So when you determine what that is, be on one accord with it. Don't fight each other. If you've got two different amounts, add them together and give both of them. No, I'm just kidding. Kind of. <laughs> when you give first fruit, think about the great thing that God had in mind for you. Think about what has not come into fruition yet. Think about how rich he is. Think about the fact that you belong to him. So if God can trust you with a little, he can trust you with a lot. Tell you what I said. If he can trust you with a little, he can trust you with a lot. Now, I do believe there's some people. Watch this, honey. This is amazing. There's some people in here that God already told you you're going to have a lot. I mean, you already know in here, you know you're going to be in charge of a lot. You know it. Stand on your feet if that's you. You know God told you. He showed you how much, how the vastness of what he's going to put in your hands. This is an amazing thing. And I'm really amazed with it this year because God is, the prophets of God have spoken about this year, 2023, is the year of major increase for the body of Christ, as well as shortages. Isn't that interesting that God will give you increase in the face of shortage? I want you to raise your hands before the Lord. If God, if you know this, you know it in your nor, God's going to place greater responsibility in your hands. Then I want you to think about your first fruit that way and say, okay, Lord, I'm preparing for that. I'm making my heart big. 
so that you might do all that you want. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, I stand against the enemy that brings fear and anxiety and confusion. I rebuke that devourer in the name of Christ. I thank you for peace. I thank you, Father. I praise you for, for encouragement and confidence in this hour. Let what comes forth from the people of God please you. Bring us in fully to the inheritance that you promised. Lord, those that are watching with us online, Lord, as they respond out of their heart to you, would you, Father, do what you said? Cause that blessing to rest on them and their household. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And all God's people said, amen. Clap your hands to the Lord, amen.